Well, uh, what an amazing privilege to be here. We have known um, Flick and, sorry, Flick, Chris and Fliss. <laughs> Flick, we put a Flick on our, as uh, part of our team. And um, anyway, so we've known them for years, uh, way back before they even started this church. And we've watched and we've seen and we've, we've been so excited at the way you've grown and developed and, and to see the balcony and all that. And just want to say uh, lots and lots of love from Trent Vineyard. Uh, so it is such a privilege to be here. But I also want to echo what Richard was saying is you guys have served the, so the volunteers that, that gave their time and energy to serve at this women's conference did such an amazing job they just it was more than serving they did it with such elegance and beauty and attention to detail and the guys included did a fantastic job and just blended in and we've just felt so well looked after so enormous thanks to you and I'm just representing Eleanor as well who felt she hadn't properly been able to do that at, at the conference and so it comes from very much from her as well. Just thank you so much. Um, well, uh, we, I, I don't know about you, but I love great stories. And I realize that we have been called into participation uh, into the greatest story of all time, and that's God's story. And we see God's story unfolding in the scriptures and through it, his incredible passion, uh, particularly for those who don't know Jesus. And so I'm also underlining what Richard is talking about, the passion that God's have that we, that, that we would go out and we would reach people who don't know him and connect with them. And that is God's heartbeat. And it's, it's all about being part of this incredible uh, redemptive love that God has and the plan that he has for salvation for all mankind. And we're called into the, the final part of, of the chapter uh, from, from when Jesus dies, goes to, uh, ascends to heaven, the Holy Spirit comes and today's Pentecost and, and we have been empowered to participate until the final stages of this chapter uh, when Christ returns and then we enter a whole new chapter which is, a, is an adventure we don't know much about. We just have glimpses uh, of what, what could come. And we've been called into participation and we're in this urgent final stages. And sometimes, even though we know that we've been invited into this story, we kind of lose our way and we, we start to confuse you know, God's story and participating in his with, with our own story. And we start to become a bit concerned with what, what, who am I in the story and where do I fit and am I going to do something significant? Am, am I, what's the role I'm playing? And there's something in our nature that, that needs to know that we're valued and that we're significant and that we matter and that perhaps we might do something that others would talk about and, and in a sense create a story that, that is a drama that others will look to. And there's a good side to that and there's, there's a way in sometimes that we can be taken off track. And so this morning I'm going to look at a, a rather small person in the scriptures, uh, but he has become incredibly significant because I think there are probably most uh, Sunday schools, uh, vineyard kids uh, across the nation and beyond and all over the world and back in history have probably sung about this little chap uh, more times than other characters. And uh, you may already guess that we're going to talk about Zacchaeus this morning. So a very little man, but he got off track and got out of the place of the story that he was supposed to be a part of. And so I'm just going to read to you from um, Luke chapter 19, and uh, going on to um, verse nine, I'm reading from the NIV. So, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector, and he was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, 
since Jesus was coming that way. And when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your home. So he came down and welcomed him gladly. And all the people saw this and they began to mutter, he's gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today, salvation has come to this house because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. And so um, the story unfolds. Now, the real hero of this story, of this incredibly real story, is Jesus. Because without Jesus, there is no redeeming, there's no reconnecting people back to God. Um, And so Jesus is passing through Jericho. He is on his way to Jerusalem, and he is focused on dying on the cross. He should never have stopped at all in Jericho. He was supposed to go straight through to Jerusalem. But as always, Jesus has come to show us what God is like, what his real nature is like, what his passion is. And he's open um, to the promptings of the Father all the time. And so although he's on his way through, he's consumed with what the father is consumed with, and the father is consumed with the lost. Now, the lost might sound derogatory, but if you think about something that, of enormous value that you've lost, uh, you'll understand the feeling. I, I don't know if you've ever lost a child, but I remember uh, we were on Bournemouth Beach years ago. Uh, Jordan now is 19, so he has survived. But um, we were on Bournemouth Beach, and Jordan was one of these little ones, and he must have been two and a half, who, uh, if you said, don't touch the oven, it's hot, you know, he'd have to touch it, you see, and then he'd get burnt. And um, so there were numerous occasions, and we knew that of all, both our children, the one that would something would happen to would be Jordan. And there came this moment where... Uh, John and I realized that at least half an hour had gone by where I thought he had Jordan and he thought I had Jordan. Um, And and Jordan was nowhere to be seen. And honestly, I I, I didn't start to scream and yell. You go into the sort of, absolutely, you're obsessed with finding him and you're you're silent, but you're totally intentional. And you're you're just totally consumed with, with finding your child. And it took quite a long time. Jordan couldn't have cared less. He was not the kind of child to have thought, I'm lost, I need my parents. He just kept wandering. And by some miracle, we found him. And um, so that's the kind of obsession that, that God has for the lost. And we need to understand where that passion comes through. So as Jesus is passing through, he stops and he looks up. And what he doesn't do is pass Zacchaeus by. I don't know if you've ever had the experience of being just passed by, you know, not noticed. Um, I, I remember I had arrived from South America. I grew up in Chile. I was actually very good at gymnastics, and that was the main sort of form of physical education in Chile. So I had quite a good sort of self-esteem related to physical education. Get to boarding school to England, and, and the first week, and we're going to go to some PE thing, and everybody's talking about netball, and we get onto the court, and I didn't know anything about this game. And then, you know, two girls are chosen to choose their team, and of course, nobody chooses me. And you, you, the whole, you've been there. You've probably been one of those people, and, and that awful humiliating experience and then it turns out there wasn't even even numbers anyway so I had to sit the game out if only the PE teacher had said Deb just sit this out and watch and learn the rules so there's this awful just feelings of rejection and just literally it passed by I'm not important I have no significance and you know some of us 
feel passed by repeatedly. It may be that you're still single and you long to be married and you've been to one too many weddings. And, um, and then your friends are having babies or, and you can't have children or, or you finish uni and everybody else is getting jobs and you're on your 50th interview and nothing's happening. Um, or you, you, you know, you're facing redundancy while others are being promoted. And through history, we see people being ostracized and, and rejected for being different. And I remember talking to a big issue seller who said that there's nothing more dehumanizing than people passing you by and not even acknowledging you. It doesn't matter if you don't buy the big issue, but just a smile or a, oh, no thanks today, or something, just an acknowledgement that they exist. And so here's Zacchaeus, and there's some things about Zacchaeus that makes me wonder what's the story behind the story of Zacchaeus's life? You know, it, the scriptures tell us he's a short man. And was it that as he grew up, he felt passed by, you know, as he gets to teenage years and everybody's shooting up and his short little legs, he just can't keep up with the crowd and, and, and he's being left behind and, and not, you know, he, he, he loses significance. And so he's different, you know, was he bullied because he was little? And so what does he do? It's as if he's made this choice to build himself up and, and he becomes a tax collector, not just a tax collector, but a chief tax collector. You know, that means that he has abused his own people. He's become, it's like the bully has become, the, the bullied one has become the bully. And, um, and, and it's like, he, he, how can he do this? How can he become so hard-hearted? What, what kind of trauma has he experienced um, to make him turn on his own people and collude with the Romans? You know, the Romans just, they said, you know, to the tax collectors, you know, you take what you want so long as we get our due and you'll have the whole law of, of Rome behind you. And so he could do what he wanted. And not only that, he has a whole bunch of tax collectors working for him. So he's become very, very rich um, as a result of his um, tax collecting. And yet he was supposed to be a child of Abraham. And, you know... Now, as we're drawn in to be children of Abraham, we are called uh, to be a blessing. We are blessed because of the opportunity for relationship with our Heavenly Father, but we are called to be a blessing. And Zacchaeus has, has completely lost his identity. He's lost his way. He's stepped right out of the story. And yet, in this wonderful cameo that, that Luke gives us, because Luke is so determined that we would see what the Father's like and what the Father is all about and how he embraces the rejects and, and people that nobody else thinks matter. And yet, so we see how Zacchaeus is captivated. He, he, he's, he's heard things about Jesus, and, and for a moment, he he's just loses himself and, and loses all this sort of puffed up sense of who he is and this, this sort of identity that he's created, this story he's written about for himself that where he's the big guy and he's got power. And suddenly he's captivated by Jesus and he, he, he runs up a sycamore tree. I mean, it must have looked ridiculous. This, you know, chief tax collector with probably estates and servants and all sorts and, and he's actually climbing a tree. And you just wonder what's got into him. He's forgotten himself, and, you know, just as we were worshipping, you know, there's, there's moments as we worship where we, we just connect with Jesus, and, and we lose ourselves in, in worship, and in those moments, sometimes God speaks to us about uh, who we are, and what we're about, and what we're supposed to do, and so many times I've heard people talk about a sense of calling to something that came, you know, they were in worship, and they saw a vision, or they had a picture, and it's, it's as we're drawn into connecting, and, and and this is what's happened to Zacchaeus. He's, he's somehow captivated by Jesus. And 
David the psalmist talks about becoming more undignified than this when he's dancing uh, pretty much naked uh, because of the ark being brought back to uh, um, the, the, to the people of God. And, and he's, he's, he's just lost himself in worship. And, and this is what's happened to Zacchaeus. He's lost himself in the person of Jesus. And um, so... There's one person who I remember reading saying that when the best place to be is when you, you have nothing, you know, it's that sort of life as its best is, is that you've got nothing to lose. You, you've, you've actually come to a place of everything that I've built up for myself, it doesn't matter anymore. It is, it is of no worth. I, I, and also you've got nothing to prove to others anymore. You're not living a way of life that says, you know, I've got to be something. And, and then you've got... You've got nothing to hide. You, you know you're forgiven. You know, everything's being confessed. You've turned from your sin. You're, 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 a, you're a white sheet of paper. You're, you're just new and renewed, and, and you're free. And it's just the best place to be. Nothing to lose, nothing to prove, n- prove nothing to hide. And so you're, you're just abandoned to Jesus. And wh- what part do you want me to play, Lord, in your story? What bit? I'll do anything for you. And it's such a place of freedom. And so Zacchaeus is in this sort of open state of captivated by Jesus and Jesus has stopped and he's looked up at him and he says Zacchaeus come down I want to come to your home and and that is an incredible thing for Jesus to say I want to go to your home I want to stay with you I was at a party um, a couple of months ago with um, a a QC I think he's some kind of a judge uh, but very um, uh, renowned and um, he is very, uh, his, his speciality is mediation. So you're getting two parties that hate each other to, to start talking. And he's so good at this that he actually mediates for, for nation, national leaders. So when two nations are going to go to war, he will be the person who brings the heads of states together to talk and begin the process of mediation. And he said the hardest bit is, is, is the beginning, is getting people to simply face each other. And here is Achilles who is has become an enemy to his own people, right? He, he, has, he is unclean. He, the Jews were not supposed to go near people like Zacchaeus. He has, he has abused his own people and completely lost his way. And Jesus says, I want to come to your home. I mean, he's not just facing Zacchaeus. He's saying, I want to really know you in a significant way. And by actually saying, I want to come to your home, he's empowered Zacchaeus. I don't know if you know uh, people from the Middle East, but Middle Eastern culture is, hospitality is, is so wonderful. For them to be able to show hospitality is to have dignity. The poorest of the poorest people, even if all they can offer you is, is, a, is rice or a pita bread or something, you have given them dignity by allowing them to show hospitality to you. And so Jesus has become the guest in in Zacchaeus' home, and the people are, are shocked. I mean, they're absolutely shocked because Jesus is so unpredictable. He, he spends time with the, the, the poor and the lepers and the prostitutes, and yet now he's going to hang out with somebody who is badness. He's, he's a rotten egg, and, and Jesus wants to go and spend time with him. And, you know, I just wonder, has there, is there somebody in your life who has deeply offended you, who has, who has no in a sense, right to, for you to have relationship with them anymore. And yet, could God be saying, is there, is there some way of you reaching out to them, of actually doing what Jesus did? 
there's an amazing story about a girl called Amy Beale, and she was um, a student who went out to South Africa in 1993, um, and she went out to help um, it could kind of bring about the vote for um, South Africans and so that there'd be free election. And anyway, even though she was there to help um, South Africans and uh, the black people of South Africa, um, people from uh, sort of who wanted to bring this about through violence actually attacked her and killed her. And um, her parents, who could have become extremely bitter, instead they moved out to South Africa from California and they set up a foundation. And since they've been there, two of the members of the gang that actually killed their daughter are part of this foundation, and they actually refer to her, to her own mother as grandma. And, you know, they said, um, we don't want to go through life feeling hateful and revengeful, because that's not going to do, them any, do us any good. We took Amy's lead. We did what we felt she would want. And it's an incredible picture of reconciliation, because forgiveness it's about reaching out to restore things and to put things right. And it's only with God's help that we can do that. And when Jesus reaches out to Zacchaeus in this extraordinary way, Zacchaeus is, is totally undone. And, and he just exclaims, Lord, you know, here and now I, I'll give half of my possessions away to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I will give about four times the amount. You know, I'm not just going to put right, you know, I'm going to four times the amount that I've... I've um, robbed people of. I'm going to put it completely right. There's no hint of reservation on Zacchaeus's part. Repentance here is so real. And I just want to say um, that, you know, there is a difference between knowing God's unconditional love. God's love for us will never stop. I mean, he, he cannot help himself but love us, no matter how far away we are from him, no matter what mess we've got ourselves into. He loves us. But salvation comes as a result of our true repentance. That means turning around, it means changing. When I was a teenager, I would say sorry time and time again because I was sexually promiscuous. And I was sorry because I knew God's love and I, I, I knew that what I was doing was wrong, but I was disconnected from God. No matter how many times I said sorry, I didn't feel connected. I felt bad coming to church, I was full of guilt, I felt more and more distance, and I began to make more and more choices away from God. And then there came a point where I, I chose to repent, and that meant abstaining sexually until I got married. And it wasn't until that point that I then felt I connected. I always knew that God loved me, but I then connected. I felt free, and I began to hear the Lord and see things with clarity and know what my true identity was. And so our actions reflect the true state of our repentant hearts. And, and this is what's so amazing about Zacchaeus. He, he totally changes. And, and Jesus says, today, today salvation has come to this house. Wherever Jesus is, there is this extraordinary, amazing opportunity for salvation. And so Zacchaeus is now right back in God's story. More than the Jews around him at that time, he has now truly become a son of Abraham. He now has understood what it is to be reconciled to God, to receive the blessing of knowing the Father's love, and then to be a blessing. And, and, and instinctively, he's, he's thinking about the poor and, and those that he's wronged, and he wants to put things right. And you just know that he is going to go on in an amazing way uh, with God to be that blessing. And so I, I would just say to us, you know, do we know whose story we're in? Are, are we... Uh, somehow um, 
willing to release at the right to, to be in charge of our own story and surrender to playing a part in God's story and to participate with, with his magnificent obsession, which is uh, a heart for the lost. And, and will you uh, just commit to going for that? Why don't we stand? I'm just going to generally pray over you and, uh, and then just two things that some of you might want to receive prayer for and I don't think I think we can then let you go to get your kids so Lord we welcome your Holy Spirit we just thank you Lord that um, you are here and that I ask that some of those things that I have said um, that, that like seeds they would they would fall on soft soil and that there would be things here Lord that you have been speaking to us about and I just ask Father that you would help us again if we've slightly lost our way, connect again with you and your story as the author, the writer of the, the next chapter and just that we would know our identity. And I just ask that you would be empowered and that we just welcome your Holy Spirit to empower us, to serve you, to serve you in the course that you want to take us on. And Lord, where some of us have just got become consumed with, with our jobs or our family or, or something where we've, we've just built um, success around us based on, on our need to be something and achieve something and look good and have others be proud of us. Lord, we, we just want to give ourselves back to you. And, and Lord, repentance may not come immediately, but it may just be a, that I've sown some seeds here that will just be challenging and wake us up again to what this season, this next part of the chapter, the, the end stages of the final days that we live in, these last days before you return, that we would get, again, consumed with what you're consumed with. And there are just uh, two words, and Richard, you might want to come up in case you have a couple of others. I know that you uh, usually have a ministry team, so it may be that your ministry team needs to come out now, but there are two sets of people. One, you are parents of, a, of somebody who has veered right off, and, and we would just love to come alongside and pray with you about your children. Or you may have a, a close friend or relative who you, you just actually... They're lost, but you know now that it's God's obsession to find them, and you're not on your own with your sense of, of calling out to God. This is the very heart cry of God, and we just want to join and pray with you. And then there's another few of you who you may feel, I've, oh my gosh, I've gone off track. I've, I, I just feel the Lord's calling me back and, and challenging me, and I, I want to be empowered. And it may even be related to this amazing day. And if you're parents and you need to go, just feel free to start going, because it's now quarter two and picking up your children. But, but if you, you feel, oh, I, I, I want to participate in that day, and I just want to have some divine encounters, uh, you know, when we're out there, you know, mingling with the community, you know, I, I just want to be empowered to, to move uh, it, it, with you, Lord, and be prompted by your Holy Spirit. Maybe there's a Zacchaeus out there that you're going to encounter. So, you know, if there's, I can see there's ministry team over there. So if that, any of you want some prayer, uh, I think we're officially dismissed and you're free to go and get your kids. And if you want prayer, then do come up. There's plenty of guys to minister.